Agni on its own is just the fire of life. And the original texts of Ayurveda have beautiful sutras on Agni. And one of it is I'm sharing it here. No disease, nor old age, nor harmful thoughts, nor wrongful desires, nor death for one who has mastered the Agni of self-realization. So Agni promises a very lofty goal for us. The highest goal we should have is to activate the fire of self-realization which will take us to the door of liberation. So there are different forms of Agni residing within our body and in our mind. We will learn them as we go along. Namaste everyone, this is Akshata again. Digestive fire is called as Agni in Sanskrit. Ayurveda says Agni is the foundation of our life. Every aspect of our life points and roots to our Agni. The topic for today is digestion, the foundation of our life. So I will be talking about digestion according to how Ayurveda sees it. So this will be aired on my podcast, Dosha Karma Dharma. And you will also be able to see this on my YouTube channel, Jiva Lifestyle Ayurveda, where I will have the presentation slides on this topic of digestion. So if you are a visual person, please go to my YouTube channel to watch the slides and listen to digestion according to Ayurveda. Agni on its own, you can define it as metabolic fire. But a more better definition of Agni is, it is the fire of life. When person has read about Ayurveda, is familiar with Ayurveda, suddenly when they hear the word Agni, what that means to them is the digestive Agni, the digestive fire. But Agni on its own is just the fire of life. And the original texts of Ayurveda have beautiful sutras on Agni. And one of it is I'm sharing it here. No disease, nor old age, nor harmful thoughts, nor wrongful desires, nor death for one who has mastered the Agni of self-realization. So Agni promises a very lofty goal for us. The highest goal we should have is to activate the fire of self-realization which will take us to the door of liberation. 
So there are different forms of Agni residing within our body and in our mind. We will learn them as we go along. But I just wanted to kind of set the stage what is the potential of Agni and what is its main goal. The main goal is lofty and spiritual. The goal of Agni is to give us or bestow on us self-realization. So Ayurveda says everything in the universe is food. Just wrap your mind around it. Everything in the universe is food. The food we eat is food for us. The food that the animals and the insects eat becomes the food for another animal or another insect. Finally, when we take our last breath and leave this earth, we also become a food when we get biodegradable in this earth or we can be food for other living creatures, animal creatures. So everything in the universe is food. This is such a simple sutra written in Ayurveda. How do we consume this food? Yes, the most common thing and the most normal thing that we do is we eat food through our mouth. But we also consume through the other four sense organs. So what Ayurveda says, it's not just the food you eat. You consume everything from this world through our five sense organs, which are Shabda, Sparsha, Rupa, Rasa, Gandha. Again, all these words are from Sanskrit language. Shabda means hearing. Sparsha is the sense of touch. Rupa is the sense of sight, the eyes through which we see the whole creation. Rasa is taste. Imagine not having taste. How would we enjoy food? So rasa is the water element, the taste. And the last is ganda, meaning the sense of smell. Smelling makes us more attached and involved in this creation. So with these five senses, shabda, sparsha, rupa, rasa, ganda, this whole creation looks so intense and we get involved, attached by this creation. So the maya, the delusion, gets us into its web through these five sense organs. And I want to give you an interesting fact here. If you have observed, like in your family, friends or anyone, when a person is almost ready to leave this earth and is on the deathbed, the sense organs, the first one to go will be the smell. Then the taste goes off. Then the sight and then the touch and the last one to go is the hearing. So they do say if the patient is in coma, sometimes they still can hear what we are trying to tell them. So the last sense organ to leave our body is Shabda, the hearing. And Ayurveda explains that so beautifully these five sense organs, the Shabda, Sparsha, 
rupa rasaganda the shabda and sparsha are the most subtle forms rupa is like in the between it is subtle and gross but the rasa and ganda are the gross forms of sense organs and the grosser it is the easier it leaves our body when we are dying it's the subtle element that stays with us because it's the subtle elements that go with us through astral world so i just wanted to throw this information here i mean i love to dive into subjects like this and i go quite deep in my ayurveda certification courses but here for our digestion i just wanted to say that we do consume all the information that is bombarded to us through internet media all the involvement we have at work with friends family we are constantly consuming digesting and assimilating through our five sense organs and everything in the universe is food now let's see the different forms of agni that i had mentioned before let's look at it from the yoga perspective the role of agni in yoga is development of self realization so yoga gives us the agni of self realization and there are different forms of agni within the yoga realm viveka agni it's called as fire of discrimination or wisdom so there might be some listeners who are yoga teachers and must be very familiar with the five koshas so this physical body that we see through our two eyes is the annamai kosha made up of food then there are four subtle sheets pranamai kosha manomai kosha vigyanamai kosha and anandamai kosha so this vivek agni is activated when our vigyanamai kosha is alive and balanced we can also say the point between the eyebrows when a person is sitting in meditation the point between the eyebrows it's called as the intuition chakra or the ajna chakra so when that gets activated the wisdom starts to download from the cosmos so that is the agni of wisdom or you can say agni of discrimination then there is ananda agni fire of bliss so the last sheath in the five koshas is anandamai kosha so it is the sheath of bliss so when a person is um is in a very high spiritual state they do experience bliss the bliss is the most subtle form and it it just invokes within you don't need an external reason or an event to trigger bliss bliss happens because you have touched a f- a plane where you don't need anything you just feel contented you just feel complete and we do experience i think everybody experiences a moment of bliss here and there for no good reason we start feeling light we don't feel the weight of ourselves so that is ananda agni then there is icha agni meaning fire of will 
using our willpower, attuning our willpower to the divine willpower. If you have been fortunate to meet some of the spiritually enlightened beings, their willpower is aligned to the divine willpower and they can manifest things and we, we call them as miracles. Um, so they have attained spiritually and especially after you attain the Nirbhikalpa Samadhi that is one of the highest form of meditation, you have opened the Icha Agni within yourself where your willpower works in accordance with the divine willpower. Then there is Chida Agni, meaning fire of consciousness. This you can experience if you have been meditating regularly and in the depths of stillness and tranquility, you can experience this fire of consciousness, feeling of connected with everyone, just as we feel connected with our own body, with our own mind, we feel connected and feel our family or loved ones are our own, we start feeling the whole people, our neighbors as our own, our people living in the city as our own. The more the consciousness expands, we feel the whole humanity as our own. So that is when the Chida Agni gets activated. And then finally, it is called as Brahma Agni, meaning fire of supreme reality. So this is for someone who has attained liberation. So here I can give an example of my own guru, Paramahansa Yogananda. He was an avatar, meaning he had attained liberation. So for them, this Brahma Agni is activated. They feel connected and omnipresent at the same time. So it is one of the highest spiritual state of being. So these are different types of Agni from a yoga realm. So we should remember the purpose of Agni in yoga world is development of self-realization. Now let's look at Agni from the lens of Ayurveda. For Ayurveda, the goal of Agni is development of self-healing. For yoga, it was development of self-realization. Jatar Agni, this is, if people are familiar with Ayurveda, you might have heard this word, Jatar Agni. It is the mother of digestion. It is the fire of digestion. And this is very, very important for our digestive fire to run optimally. Since we are talking into Ayurveda lens here, this fire of digestion is also customized to the doshas. So if you are a vata dominant person, then your fire of digestion is visham agni. It's called a fire of vata dosha. And if you are a pitta dominant personality like me, your fire of digestion is tikshna agni. And if you are kapha dominant person, then your fire of digestion is called as manda agni. We will look into these uh, fire of vata dosha, fire of pitta dosha and fire of kapha dosha in detail as we move along. So there is specific fire pertaining to your dosha. But again, the goal 
the principle, the mantra of Ayurveda is balance and moderation. So irrespective of what dosha you are, the goal should be to have a balanced, optimized Agni. And that comes with Saman Agni. And that is called as fire of balance. So whatever Agni we are, Vishama Agni or Tikshna Agni or Manda Agni, the goal should be to reach to Sama Agni where the digestive fire and every fire of our body is in balance and working optimally. The foundation of Ayurveda is you are not what you eat, you are not what you think, you are what you digest. So digestive fire is the root cause of disease, health and longevity. Wrong food combinations, emotional binging, that's huge. Skipping meals, I see that in almost at least 15 to 20% of, of my clients just love to skip meals. And what I've seen is it's mainly the Vata dominant personalities love to skip meals. And that's not good. That really messes up our digestive fire. Again, with the Vata, Pitta and Kapha personalities, I tend to see more Vata people who are figure conscious, even though they are slender, they are always worried on putting weight. While the Kapha dominant people tend to be of a bigger structure and are quite heavy, they don't seem to mind their weight as much. They are more into enjoying and are more easygoing personality. But Vata being skinny and slender, they still worry about putting weight and are very conscious on their figure. So all these mental worries impact our digestive fire in our solar plexus. So basically what I'm trying to say is the wrong lifestyle that impairs our digestive fire, our digestive agni. And then also what kind of foods you eat, right? Ayurveda is big on foods. Stale, dead food leads to grumpy moods. Crappy food, crappy mood. Ideally, Ayurveda says you should eat home-cooked food and it should be eaten within 30 to 40 minutes of preparing it. That has the highest prana that offers optimum digestive fire. Local, organic, seasonal foods, most of us are familiar with it. Go with the season, try to buy local as much and organic if possible. And the right food combination is big in Ayurveda. What I see in most of my clients is the first meal they have, breakfast, you're breaking the fast. That is a very important meal. And most of my clients, at least they were used to, most of them don't eat like that now, following an Ayurveda lifestyle, is yogurt and fruits. That is the worst food combination according to Ayurveda. Yogurt and fruits never combine with each other. The digestive enzymes get confused 
what enzymes to secrete. So that is one of the main reasons for indigestion, bloating, and all other digestive issues is eating yogurt with fruits first thing in the morning. So right food combinations is key, knowing what should be combined and knowing what not should be combined. And eating three meals a day. It sounds so simple, but, you know, life happens, work pressure, family pressure or whatnot. People sometimes don't pay attention and are very famous in skipping meals, especially the lunch. And Ayurveda says the biggest meal of the day should be lunch because our digestive enzymes are of the strongest. Our digestive enzymes follow the sun. So in the afternoon, the sun is on the top of our head and our enzymes are also working optimally. So Ayurveda says have your biggest meal during lunchtime. Having breakfast at the same time, having lunch at the same time, having dinner at the same time, Following a routine helps to optimize or digest a fire. Just this simple ritual, it may sound very simple and boring, but digestive system runs with an internal clock. So if you get disciplined and if you give the fuel, the food on a regular interval, the digestive intelligence will correct on itself. So one of the basic things anyone can do is try having meals at the allotted time every day. And you can see benefits within like two to three weeks without doing anything else, just following to eat three meals at the right time every day. Now Ayurveda says digestion starts with our eyes. The digestion process turns on the moment it sees the food. It is very important, according to Ayurveda, to make our food appealing. The eyes first see the food before we taste it on the tongue. And the moment our eyes looks at the food, it makes a decision and transmutes it to our digestive enzymes and gets the digestion ready for us. If the food doesn't look appealing, it is dry and boring, it won't give you the right signal. The eyes won't give the right signals. And the digestion process doesn't kickstart the right way. Taste receptors are the second one that trigger the right enzymes on our tongue. So first is the appearance. Second is the taste. Taste is very, very highly regarded in Ayurveda. Any meal you eat it has to be synergistically tasty. When the food is synergistically tasty, there is an ample amount of saliva secretion happening in the tongue. That saliva secretion is crucial because it gives the message to our digestive enzymes to release the right, en right enzymes for us. These are all step-by-step -step measures that help to optimize our digestion. First is the appearance, second is the taste. So if the taste buds don't get excited, no right enzyme secretion happens and the result is incomplete digestion. When I was working in IT, one of my colleagues used to eat one protein bar and apple every day. That itself is a wrong food combination A, 
but more important there is no enough saliva secretion happening in the tongue because protein bar and apple they are all dry foods so when the secretion is not enough the taste buds don't get excited and she had a big list of digestive issues in her life and i can see why it happens so taste and appearance have to be given utmost importance in digestion of ayurveda so the secret of optimum digestion nutrition is a fuel for healthy agni so high prana foods high nutritious foods have high prana and they activate the taste receptors but ayurveda strongly suggests don't dissect your food as carbs proteins and fats that is not the right way to do it before the recommended daily allowance came into being before our food pyramid came into existence ayurveda came up with a simple six taste chart it said incorporate these six tastes in every meal of the day you will naturally eat a high nutritious balanced meal and these six tastes are sweet sour salty pungent astringent bitter so three of these six taste balance one dosha and three of these six taste imbalance a certain dosha what i mean by that is again taking myself as an example i'm pitta kapha so now i live in arizona so it is brutal heat in arizona so i have to make sure my pitta the fire element is balanced so to do that the dominant taste that i should have in my meals is sweet bitter and astringent so these three tastes will balance my pitta and my subdominant is kapha so for kapha you need pungent astringent and bitter all the six tastes should be in a meal but depending on the season depending on your constitution what dosha you are and also depending on if you are having any imbalance you tweak these six tastes so that they are in accordance to keep you in balance so that is one of the key elements incorporating six tastes in every meal will help us to optimize our digestive fire so now let's look into how the digestion happens according to ayurveda i want to give you a very high level um how the digestion happens so we just came to know about the six tastes right it's called as six rasas taste on the tongue so depending on what taste is dominant sweet or sour or salty pungent bitter astringent the energetics of a food can be heating cooling or neutral let's take tomatoes as an example tomatoes are energetically heating so i being pit the dominant person would avoid them during summer or limit them cucumbers are energetically cooling so i include cucumbers in my summer diet in summer we see many people just drinking ice cold water or eating lot of ice cream because it is cooling by temperature on your tongue but that doesn't mean it is energetically cooling in fact ice cream chugging ice cold waters is dehydrating and heating to the body during summer 
and that causes big indigestion. So when Ayurveda says energetically cooling foods for summer, that doesn't mean temperature-wise cooling. It is the energetics. Like I said, cucumbers is cooling. Mint is energetically cooling. All water-rich vegetables like zucchini, squashes are energetically cooling. So I include more of those during summer. So to keep our digestive fire optimum, we need to know the knowledge the energetics of every food so that we don't compromise the digestive fire by eating wrong foods in the wrong seasons. The next is the post-digestive effect and it is called as vipaka in Ayurveda. So this is very important as this is the effect that remains long term in our tissues, in our muscles. It is This vipaka is when the nutritive fluid sorry, nutritive fluid enters our tissues, our muscles, everything that builds us pretty much. So the post-digestive effect is either sweet, sour or pungent. So again in summer, I like to include foods where the post-digestive effect is sweet, like rice, white basmati rice, Rice has gotten so much beating here in the West. But rice is excellent during summer because A, it is energetically cooling. It cools not only the body temperature, but it also calms the nervous system. So it doesn't make my vata go haywire because I live in Arizona and it's dry heat. Even though my dosha is pitta kapha, there's a lot of vata influence during summer here because we have extreme dry heat. So eating white basmati rice helps me to balance pitta and vata at the same time and the post-digestive effect is sweet. So when the post-digestive effect is sweet, it is energetically cooling food. If the post-digestive effect is sour or pungent, then it is 95% heating, energetically heating. So this is again, this comes with experience, the post-digestive effect. What kind of foods are sweet, what kinds of foods are sour and pungent after the post-digestion happens. And I dive deep into all these subjects in my Ayurveda certification courses. But here I wanted to briefly touch on it to give you an idea what all are the factors that keep our digestion strong? Eating the right taste, called as rasas, sweet, sour, salty, pungent, bitter, astringent. And also keeping aware of what energetics of food we eat, called as virias. Is that food heating? Is that food cooling for me before we go and eat it? Post-digestive effect is a more advanced topic in Ayurveda, so it is okay if you don't know about it. But I would say get familiarized with the rasas, the six tastes and the energetics called as virias. Those are the two things that will really keep a person's digestive fire optimum. Because you will be now eating to your dosha and when you start eating to your dosha, food becomes medicine. Now these six tastes, I just wanted to give you, when we ingest the food, the phase of that digestion is called a sweet phase when we ingest the food. 
And when it gets into our digestive system, the phase is called as sour and salty, where the digestion process is happening. And when the assimilation process kicks in, the phase is called as pungent and bitter. And the final stage where the excretion, where the mala, the unwanted waste is ready to be thrown out of the colon, this excretion phase is called as astringent phase. In ingestion, it's the sweet phase. Digestion, it's sour and salty. Assimilation, it is pungent and bitter. And in the final excretion, it is astringent in taste. So in Ayurveda, for optimum digestion, the, for daily detox to happen, regular bowel movement is must. So you have to make sure you have every day a good bowel movement and ideally it should be at the same time every day and that time is also mentioned in the Ayurveda text. It should be first thing in the morning before you brush your teeth. That's when you know you have eaten the right balanced meal for your dosha because you've already got the pressure to go to your bathroom before even brushing your teeth. So regular bowel movement is must. And for that to happen, it is important that you eat exactly according to your doshas. And I do get clients who have a lot of constipation issues, dry stools, indigestion, IBS, and that is the astringent phase. So I always check if my clients eat astringent foods in their diet. Astringent foods are something that have a drying effect on your tongue when you eat. They can be beans, legumes, celery is astringent, strawberries are astringent, apple is astringent. So depending on what issues a person has, you can identify them in which phase of the digestive process they are having imbalance. So that gives you an idea why these six tastes are also so important, not only for our nutritious meal, but it also aids in our digestive process. Now I think we should get into knowing the different types of Vata Agni, Pitta Agni and Kapha Agni. Uh, this was told way in the beginning for Vata dominant personalities the digestive fire is called as Vishama Agni. So Vata Dosha is predominantly made with ether and air. So the Visham Agni, the Vata digestion is delicate, it is weak and variable. So any listeners who are Vata dominant people can relate to this. Vata dominant personalities have a very variable appetite. They can get hungry, all of a sudden, sometimes they don't feel like eating any meals. So they are big on skipping meals is because of the Visham Agni. And if you skip meals, what happens? You increase the air element inside your body. So when you increase the air element inside your body, it comes out as bloating, gas, flatulence, dry stools. 
So skipping meals cannot be afforded by Vata dominant people. And they get very spacey and wandering when the Vishma Agni is imbalanced. I give an analogy of a kite. Wherever the wind blows, the kite flows. Same is true with the Vata mind. Wherever the wind is flowing, the Vata mind keeps running there. Visham Agni. What are the digestive issues? Bloating, gas, constipation, IBS. They always have some trouble with energy and focus. They experience sometimes high energy, high creativity and suddenly lose it within like an hour or two hours and completely lose focus of what they were doing. So if the Visham Agni is balanced and if they start eating according to their body personality, the Vata Dosha, their main goal should be to ground the air element. So to ground the air element, you need heavy to digest foods. Heavy to digest in the sense more grounding, more root vegetables, more water-rich vegetables. And they also experience a lot of mental issues. Fear, anxiousness, worry, insecurity. And one quintessential behavior when a vata mind is imbalanced is passive-aggressive behavior. I see that almost in every vata dominant client, when their vata mind is imbalanced, they tend to be very passive-aggressive. And you can also see in some severe cases where they are ungrateful to life because they don't remember things. That is also a key thing. They don't have a good memory. They don't have a good retention power when the vata is imbalanced. And that creates a lot of trouble in relationships, in personal relationships, at work. And that can also put a wrong impression on their character because of losing focus, energy, and they forget what they were doing. Or I like to say the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. So Vata dominant person have to learn to eat to balance the Visham Agni, the digestive fire of Vata. Now let's look at the Pitta dominant personality. And I can relate to this a lot because I am Pitta Kapha. And the digestive fire of Pitta is Tikshna Agni. And Pitta people are blessed with a strong, robust digestion. The text, the original Ayurvedic text say, a Pitta dominant person, if they have their Tikshna Agni burning optimally, they can even digest cement. So that's how powerful and robust their Agni can be. But please don't go and try this out. <laughs> but it is just giving like an, um, an example how robust the Pitta Agni can be. Having said that, most of the time, Pitta-dominant people, since they have a good digestive fire, they tend to overeat or they tend to just indulge in one kind of food 
and keep on eating until they really get sick of it. So they can imbalance the Tikshna Agni by misusing it. So they have to be careful to eat in moderation to keep that Agni going optimally. Because Tikshna Agni, even though it is strong and robust, it can get imbalanced quite fast. And when the Tikshna Agni gets imbalanced, you can see people getting hungry often. They might have had a very heavy meal. But within like an within two hours, they might get hungry again, almost famished as though they haven't had any meal. So that is a quintessential sign that Tikshna Agni is overacting. So it is aggravated Tikshna Agni. And... Um, Pitta dominant people, generally when the Agni is balanced, they are very quick graspers, they are warm personalities, they like to be friendly and like to connect with people. But when the Tikshna Agni gets imbalanced, they can be very critical, they get angry very fast, they can be also very judgmental. So the digestive issues of Tikshna Agni for Pitta dominant people can be heartburn, acidity, inflammation, ulcers. And you can also, you know, I do see that in some of my clients where they have sourness on their tongue all the time. They can have the sourness feeling in their stomach. And another sign I just mentioned is they get hungry often, even after having heavy meal. So these are all symptoms of aggravated Tikshna Agni. And we have to be very careful, um, especially Pitta dominant people, because if that fire of Pitta gets aggravated, they can really they can really create a havoc at work or in their family life. They get very angry. They are not aware what words are coming out of their tongue. And sometimes that can be very hard for the listener to receive it. They criticism runs very heavy during this time. They can also get jealous. They are very competitive by nature, very ambitious. So all these issues do come up if the Tikshna Agni gets overactive in a Pitta dominant personality. So these are some tangible signs to see and start correcting by the right diet and right lifestyle. So energetic cooling foods balance Tikshnagni big time. Cucumbers, coconut water are like a blessing when it is overactive. Now let's look into the kapha dominant people. The kapha digestive fire is called as Manda Agni. As I explained to you in the beginning of this talk. So Manda Agni means slow or sluggish digestion. So in general, kapha dominant personalities have a little bit of a slow digestion, but they are naturally gravitated to heavy to digest foods like they are more into comforty foods. They also have a good sweet tooth. They are into gooey chocolate cake, cookies, ice creams, rich foods they love fettuccine alfredo, all the rich dishes, but they have slow digestion and that cannot go well together. 
So you can experience a lot of digestive issues when you have Manda Agni. Balanced Kapha, people can also have a good appetite. They can eat quite a lot. But if it is balanced, it is okay. But if the Kapha, fire of digestion, Manda Agni gets sluggish, then they get into water retention, lot of mucus build up and lethargy sets in. They can become very lazy. They will lack motivation in life. And mentally also, the low mand agni can make them more greedy. They can also get very depressed. They get attached to things. They are very possessive. And in general, they are not very ambitious as the dominant people. And if the Manda Agni gets more sluggish, then they really lose focus and ambition in life. And the mind gets very dull and cloudy. So it's very important for Kapha dominant people to make sure their Manda Agni is working optimally. So the best thing for Kapha dominant people is to include more of the bitter, astringent and pungent foods. That really kickstarts their Agni because as it is slow and sluggish, it needs warming spices, it needs the pungent, pungent flavor of garlic, onions. Um, so bitter, all the greens give them all the nutrition to get going. So bitter, astringent, pungent taste should be included more in a kapha-dominant diet to keep their manda agni working optimally. Ayurveda says it very beautifully. Don't count calories, count prana. Because calories is just a unit of energy end of the day. But it is the prana that is the energy that cannot be counted and that's why it is very important to be counted. What it means is when you eat home-cooked fresh foods, foods that are grown locally, organic, made with love, attention and reverence in your home kitchen and they are made in accordance to your body constitution, there is that invisible pranic energy, the intelligent energy that flows into your food that keeps every cell alive, healthy and energetic. And it will naturally keep an optimum weight for you when you eat high prana energy. If you are a kapha dominant person, you will tend towards being a little overweight. That's how your mental and body makeup is in this life. If you try to change it, you will get imbalanced big time. Vata dominant people tend to be skinny and slender no matter how much they eat. So that is your DNA, that is your blueprint. Respect it, have reverence to it. But the dominant are generally medium weight and they have good digestive fire. So having a high metabolic fire, they can eat good and also burn good. So they can maintain a good medium weight. So respect what constitution you are born with and eat more high prana energy than getting all worried and taxed up on counting calories. So count prana and not and count calories. 
that will really make you not only healthy but energetic and alive to get involved with life so i would like to give few things this is with my own personal experience living my own life according to ayurveda and also um helping clients in my one on one consultations and teaching ayurveda these are the few things i feel are very important just as to keep our physical digestion going strong we also have a mental digestion happening according to ayurveda and this mental digestion is very important to keep us sane to keep us in the right mindset especially during this pandemic when challenging times like this hit us so one of the important things that i always tell my clients and i also try to practice it in my own life is being truthful and transparent this is one of the important keys for our optimum mental digestion be true to yourself and be transparent show yourself who you are and just to follow this principle there is a long list that takes us to this stage of living um you know meditation contemplation introspection journaling knowing what you want in this life finding the purpose of your life all this attributes to being truthful and transparent but here i just want to touch upon it maybe i might do another podcast on how to be truthful and transparent in life and at that point i might dive deep into all the aspects that bring us to this stage where we are comfortable to show our true and transparent self to the world but this is one of the key key elements to keep our mental digestion working for us another thing i always say to being truthful and transparent there should be alignment of thoughts words and actions i have at least two sections devoted only on this alignment of thoughts words and actions in my ayurveda certification courses where we talk about the manas the mind what you think that same thought should come out of your words there should be no uh, change there should be no manipulation what you think exactly the word should also follow exactly what you think and once you say it out loud your actions should conform to the words you spoke so alignment of thoughts words and actions are very very important for optimum mental digestion that's why i say mean what you say say what you mean this looks very simple but it is in those little things when we say something we have to mean it and when we mean we have to say it generally we all do this in the big things in life but the trick is to do it even on the smallest things in life if you say yes to something follow it it's like a promissory note if you say you'll follow up with an email follow up with an email if you're saying someone oh wow you're looking beautiful let it be that you really feel they look beautiful just just don't say it to make them feel good 
So everything that comes out of your mouth should be an honest statement. If you don't feel like it, you don't have to say it. It Ayurveda doesn't tell us to be rude or unkind to anyone. But don't flatter people unnecessarily when you don't mean it. So that is also, believe it or not, helps in our mental digestion. Mean what you say, say what you mean. And this is living a dharmic life. This is living with high integrity. And the final one, it's a big one, is no passive aggressive behavior. I stress this a lot. In fact, most of the cases where there is mental issues in my client, I see the root cause lying in the passive aggressive behavior. In fact, I define passive aggressive behavior as a coward's approach in resisting the truth. It's a little bold and blunt definition, but it is true. I have seen that in my own experience, consulting clients. Passive-aggressive behavior is a coward's approach in resisting the truth. So I strongly discourage passive-aggressive behavior in my clients. And I see amazing results, the way they transform and the way they start being direct. When you are direct, you don't have to be rude. You can be kind. You can empathize and yet be honest and truthful. It is an art, but it can be done. But the moment you say you don't want to be passive-aggressive in life, you have found a direction in life. Passive-aggressive also tends to be in a status quo position. They don't want to take decisions in life. Once you make up your mind, I will not take the approach of a passive-aggressive behavior, life starts to change for you. So these are my own experience working it in my own life and also being an Ayurveda consultant and offering consultations to clients. I have worldwide clients with varied backgrounds. My youngest client is six years old and my oldest is 84 or 85 years old and I have everyone in between, different walks of life, different backgrounds, different career. And I get to taste every flavor of humanity. And that is just an honor to get this diverse clientele. And even profession-wise, they are so diverse. Anywhere from a school teacher to an air hostess to an executive in a corporate world, to medical doctors, to health coaches, to spiritual coaches, to nannies. So it is a real varied background and I feel so blessed to get to know them through my sharing of Ayurveda. And working with so many diverse clients, this is what I have come up is for mental digestion you need to be truthful and transparent. You need to have your thoughts, words, and actions in alignment. In fact, that is the precursor to being truthful and transparent in life. 
and the mantra should be mean what you say say what you mean and please try to adopt a no passive aggressive behavior if you tend to be passive aggressive this needs lot of introspection this needs lot of journaling but once you make up your mind you will see a new life you feel like it's like a reincarnation it is that powerful so for our digestion to keep going strong i want to give you a few ayurvedic herbs i would like to recommend um before your meal like 15 to 20 minutes before your meal if your digestive fire is weak or sluggish you can do trikutu and honey so trikutu is three herbs it's one of the popular herbs in ayurveda three meaning three katu means pungent so trikutu is three pungent it is made up of ginger black pepper and long pepper so mix that with a like take about 1/4 teaspoon of trikutu 1 teaspoon of honey mix it well make a paste and just put it on your tongue and enjoy the taste it tastes really good it's quite spicy but it doesn't have a bitter pungent taste that you will feel odd this is really very appetizing taste what this does is a it makes you it builds appetite for you so within 15 to 20 minutes you start feeling hungry i also give this for clients who don't feel hungry at all and trikutu and honey works wonders for that but it also optimizes your digestive fire if it is weak and sluggish another thing i would recommend is asafoetida it's also called as devil's dung asafoetida cumin powder coriander powder you can mix them together and add this spice mix to any savory dish but it has to be cooked in your savory dish so maybe take uh, asafoetida you need very very little so a pinch a small pinch of asafoetida a teaspoon of cumin powder a teaspoon of coriander powder you can mix all these three and keep them in a jar and any savory dish you make you can saute it with the veggies you're using in a medium of oil or ghee this also helps for a strong digestion and after you're done eating you can chew like a teaspoon of fennel seeds if you roast them like if you dry roast fennel seeds on a saucepan not adding any oil or anything just dry roast them on a low medium heat until you smell the aroma of fennel seeds it will take like less than 2 to 3 minutes chew those fennel seeds after each meal fennel seeds aid in proper digestion so if you have any indigestion issues if you have bloating gas chewing fennel seeds help but don't overdo it maybe a teaspoon but these are all classical ayurvedic remedies to optimize digestion but again depending on your constitution you have to tweak them um just recently i was doing ayurveda weekly satsangas and some of you might have attended those so during the quarantine time i did satsangas every sunday and one of the lady 
had asked about fennel seeds and she eats them after every meal but after talking to her i realized she has extra mucus build up so if you have extra mucus built up fennel seeds would not be a good thing because fennel in fact aids in excess mucus because fennel seeds increase kapha dosha and mucus increases kapha so in ayurveda there is no black and white answers and the reason she was chewing fennel seeds is because she read it in one of the ayurveda books it's good after meal for optimum digestion and she was completely right on that but the ayurveda books don't tell you the other attributes do you have extra mucus do you have extra uh, excess estrogen in your body if you have all these don't eat fennel seeds nobody writes that in the book that comes only when you talk to an experienced ayurveda person so when she mentioned that i told her not to have fennel seeds because that will increase mucus in her body so these are just black and white remedies but if you have any other health issues they have to be taken into consideration and tweaked according to ayurveda so that it works for you to your cellular level so it is a good idea to read some ayurveda books to get started on an ayurveda life but i always tell ayurveda is not black and white ayurveda has many shades of gray so if you want ayurveda to work to your cellular level you have to meet with an ayurveda person to assess you exactly what is your constitution what is your cellular makeup so there might be other person like me as pitta kapha but me being pitta kapha personality and the other person being pitta kapha would be really different because the permutation and combination of the five elements may not be exactly the same as my pitta kapha to her so i just wanted to throw that out is be careful when you read books and implement ayurveda um because if there are any other health issues it might give you some side effects just as the example of the fennel seeds because eating fennel seeds will increase mucus so i hope you got an idea on how to optimize your digestive fire uh, taking into account your body constitution what season you are and uh, also certain ayurveda herbs and following a routine all these simple tips and tricks help us to keep our digestive fire running optimally and if you have any questions on digestion you can always email me my email is jivalifestyle@gmail.com you can also go to my website which is jivalifestyle.com all the links will be posted in the description box I also wanted to share something exciting with you all. I've had some interest when I did weekly satsangas and also talking to some of my clients who are yoga teachers. They want to know how to incorporate the component of Ayurveda into their 
yogic lifestyle and also how they can teach to their own students in their yoga studios. So Ayurveda, I like to call it as the lost soulmate of yoga. Yoga cannot be complete without Ayurveda and Ayurveda cannot be complete without yoga. So when I saw the interest among the yoga teachers and with my clients, I have come up with a course which is 75 hours online certification and this course will be offered on Zoom. We meet weekly and there will be live sessions and it's a 70, uh, sorry, 75 hour certification given by Yoga Alliance and this will this course is tailored only for yoga teachers, giving you how Ayurveda can be incorporated in your yogic life, how you can tweak the yoga practice when the students come to your yoga studio. There is no cookie cutter asana postures for everyone. When you follow the Ayurveda principle, even the yoga asanas that you teach to your students should be tailored in accordance to their body constitution. So Ayurveda will tell you how should a Vata personality practice yoga, how should a Pitta personality practice yoga, how should a Kapha personality practice yoga and you can customize this to your students. It will be a very added value when you offer yoga to your students, when you bring the component of Ayurveda. If you need more information on this, please send me an email. I'll give you all the details. My email will be in the description box. Um, so I would encourage all yoga teachers to look into this course. Ayurveda for Yogis, it's a 75-hour online certification uh, given by Yoga Alliance. And right now, I have this classical Ayurveda for Western practical mind going on. I have two batches. This is a 100-hour online certification course. And one batch we will be finishing in another two to three weeks. So I'm going to be starting a fresh batch after July 4th. So anyone interested to dive deep into Ayurveda, how to live an Ayurvedic lifestyle, and also how to help your clients want to coach them on living an Ayurveda lifestyle. I think this is a course for you. It is a 100-hour online certification. We dive deep into the original text of Ayurveda, the Ashtangaridaya, Bhagavad Gita, Vedanta, and I also offer my personal experience. So this is a very traditional classical Ayurveda, but it gives the practical application of Ayurveda for the Western mindset. So if you are interested in this, please send me an email and I'll give you all the information if you're interested in these courses. And if you have any questions regarding digestion and how Ayurveda looks on digestion, please feel free to email me at jivalifestyle at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And um, if you like this podcast, if you like the topics I share with you, then I would really encourage you to 
write a review and rate my podcast on Apple Podcast. This way, this podcast can reach to many more people and having a good rating and review, the algorithm works to keep this dosha karma dharma visible to many people seeking Ayurveda. So I would really appreciate if you take a moment to write a review why you exactly like this podcast and give me a rating. I would be very, very appreciative. And if you do that, I would like to give you a thank you gift. And this is Ayurveda beverages. I have personally crafted Ayurveda mojitos, Ayurveda lemonade, where um, and Ayurveda hibiscus drinks, and quite few other drinks. I use chia seeds. Um, I make kashira. It is called as milk in Ayurveda. So these are authentic Ayurveda recipes crafted incorporating Ayurveda principles. These are not influenced by any other YouTube video or any Ayurveda cookbook. This has just directly come to me and I have crafted these recipes. And have I do that. I drink these recipes. They are very delicious and nutritious at the same time. So I would like to give this free ebook on Ayurveda beverages. It will come to you by email when you send me a screenshot of the rating and the review you give on Apple Podcast. Any other feedback is also appreciated. If you have any topics for me that you want me to cover, please let me know by email. I would love to do podcast episodes on the topics you want to hear. So it has been a really nice sharing digestion with you all. And I hope you found this useful. Until we meet again, Namaste and take care. Sahaviryam Karvavahai Tejasvinavaditamastu Mavidvishvavahai Om Shanti Shanti Shanti